Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for the unofficial 40. Soonerscoop.com's very official recruiting podcast featuring Soonerscoop.com recruiting publisher Josh McQuistian. Get your recruiting fix from the leader in Sooner Recruiting. It's the unofficial 40 with your hosts, Soonerscoop.com publishers Gary Murdoch and Josh McQuistian. We are back. It is time for the first official, unofficial 40 to happen after the regular season as uh, the boys are all back and uh, Josh McQuistion in studio. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, guys. Yourself? Uh, we are doing fantastic. Eddie Radosevich is stealing Royals players left and right in his off time. Eddie Radosevich joins us in studio. Building a dynasty is what it's called. It's because you lost Mr. Chapman. By the way, what what sense does that American make League. to to get rid of someone and then sign them for a ridiculous deal the next year? Uh, they got it. I mean, they got Gilbert Torres, I, I guess, out of it. Yeah, he's a, your a, idiot. A decent prospect, and then Adam Warren, and I guess without him for four months, and then they signed him to eighty six million dollars. He's uh, basically getting paid seventeen million dollars to record three outs a year. Yeah, I I, I got to disagree it? with Kerry on this one. Like, don't get me wrong, like. Chapman's making way more than he's worth, but the Yankees get some talent in their system and just got rid of a player that wasn't going to win them anything anyway. Okay, you've convinced me. Joe Duvall <laughs> is with us as well. Baseball talk is over. Uh, Joe has been tracking uh, basically Trey Young. Is, do you have any other jobs besides that, Joe? Besides Trey Young? Yes. Uh, I got together about, I think everybody will like that I have all of Sooner Squad 17 senior stats. Ready to go, safe for a few, and I think people like that. I don't think we've really had a comprehensive list like that that's, before. That's an undertaking. That's I'm actually proud of you for that. Oh, I'm not going to make fun of you for being I'm stat a, weirdo. A stat weirdo. Well, he's still doing stats, yeah, so I, I mean, it basically stats, all fits. Yeah. In I the say same that deal. as I was on the throne reading a 5:38 uh, breakdown of the middle class earlier. <laughs> nice. You want to afford that my way? No. What? <laughs> What's that guy's name? Adam Silver? No, not Adam Silver. Nate Silver. Nate Silver. Nate Silver. Adam Silver's the NBA guy. Well, we got a lot of stuff to get to today. I mean, we've got, we're post Bedlam, uh, which we haven't talked about that uh, since our last podcast that was going into Bedlam. Uh, we're, we now know that there are two Heisman Trophy winners. Uh, you've got, uh, I don't want to talk about it. You got a Joe Mixon tape on the verge of coming out. What happened? Shut up, Eddie. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Uh, we've got all kinds of stuff on recruiting. Lincoln Riley uh, may or may not have pulled his name out of the Houston coaching search, uh, which was odd. We're going to talk about that a little bit, too. Uh, but recruiting trail, uh, it's hot right now leading up to signing day. I want to remind everybody, if you're listening to this podcast uh, and you haven't signed up for Soonerscoop.com, let me tell you something. There is an offer that's only lasting until Friday. They've given us the cutoff date. They're cutting it off. 
But what it is, it's a fantastic. It's basically Sooner Scoop for half price uh, if you're an OU fan because heck, you've got so much bowl gear out right now, hats, Big Twelve Championship gear. Uh, we'll give you a fifty dollar gift card to our Rivals Fan Shop. It's the same fan shop that the university uses. It's 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 fanatics. It's all the same. Uh, MLB, uh, the Under Armour fanatics partnership that's all in the news right now. About it's Major League Baseball, right? Eddie's looking at the me what? The blanks there. Like I guess Under Armour is now the official uniform supplier of Major League Baseball. I did not know. And that. it says fanatics on the jersey. That's that's our company. That's our. That's where you go to get all the clothes. It's all the same stuff. So you get $50 to spend in our store, which is the same store as the university store, all the same stuff. And you get you get that if you get a year subscription. So pay 100 bucks, We give you $50 in OU gear. Essentially, you're going to get Sooner Scoop for a year for 50 bucks. So sign up for that. It's only going through Friday at midnight. Was it midnight, Josh? Was that what they sent out? I believe that's correct, yeah. And that's almost always the cutoff, so I think it's a pretty safe assumption. And these are deals. I know it used to be, you know, $100 gift card, but we're not doing that anymore. No, we're, we're no, screw it. We're not doing that anymore. It's too much money. So we're losing too much money on that deal. They're giving 50 This is the best it's going to get. So you're not going to get a $100 deal if that's what you're waiting for. Those deals are gone. I feel like a used car. <laughs> I was just going to say, you need to have like a, uh, a midnight uh, commercial I'm going to start something. a tout service. No credit checks. You're great. It's a five star lock of the week. The uh, <laughs> the PMT boys have been doing that. They've like reinvented the uh, the old school the tout stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. that's interesting. We're giving winners. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're I'm done. I'm done browbeating you into joining SoonerScoop.com. It was just that Eddie got so upset yesterday with the callers to Jim Traber's show. Oh my gosh! That they don't know anything about OU football. I was like, I was about to drive off the side of the road. Like driving down to Norman for the hoops game last night, it was just so bad. I think bad. I know what call you're talking about. Yeah, I, I just don't understand how like this guy like just like he wanted he wanted Traber to go like the entire roster. He was yeah. going to leave. And <laughs> yeah. Stuff. And then the other guy that calls in, I, oh, you just need to start playing a four man front. That's what Bama does. <laughs> like no, not really. So yeah, they play Gee. a four a three four. That gets quoted all the time. Like, I don't know why that's become some common perception. Like, Alabama does not and has not run anything but 3-4 in quite a while. Yeah. It's because they have gigantic defensive linemen. <laughs> they look like four defensive guys. defensive ends that, yeah, could be defensive tackles. So, anyway, well, I tell you what. Let's start there. Defensive line. Uh, new offers going out this week. Uh, recently, more offers have gone out there. And Josh, how would you describe? I know this is. It seems like I get this question more than anything. Is so you get any defensive linemen? And I'm always like, mm, no, not really. I'm sorry. You know who they need? They need another Tommy Harris. <laughs> that guy's name is Marvin Wilson. <laughs> so Josh, just just break it down for us. What's going on with defensive line recruiting right now? Well, I mean, you know, I think it's it's one of those things where we talk all the time about. Oh, you know, everybody's questioning this or doubting that or whatever. This is fairly valid. I mean, this is if you look at one spot in this class where you say there's a concern here that something's got to got to give. I think it's clearly the defensive line. And at the same time, this is kind of that point in the year in a recruiting class where it's kind of, you know, do you fold or do you, you know, double down? Because 
you've got Oklahoma still got guys like Josh Pascal, uh, take Taquan Graham, uh, the uh, Texas commitment from Temple, Texas, uh, who actually I'm going to go see in a game on Saturday and hope to talk to. Uh, will be uh, he he tweeted out yesterday when Coach uh, Thibodeau came by to see him. So there's a lot going on with guys they've been on for a while. But do you go crazy about some guy that probably isn't as good and then lose out on one of these guys? You lose that spot because I know everybody says, well, you just take that guy too. It doesn't work like that. I mean, there's a set number of players you can take. And they've got to make it all work within an 85-man roster. So it, it's not just, we'll just offer everybody, because then you literally could end up with a bunch of B guys when you, if you'd have waited and been a little patient, you might have gotten the A guy you wanted all along. So that that's kind of where they're at with this defensive end thing. But like you mentioned, two new defensive line offers. Uh, Tyrese Lott uh, from Ardmore was offered this week. Um, a guy that has always had a lot of promise, but I think in his senior year, you finally started to see him kind of touch that, uh, touch what everybody expected of him. So I think he's a guy that's moving in the right direction. Um, the one that really surprised me, and I know talking to you guys, you kind of felt the same, was Reese Leotow, the uh, kind of tight end defensive end from Jinx, a guy that Eddie and I have seen for years going up during our spring tours. And I think, you know, and I was told, hey, you know, go watch his defensive line stuff as a senior he does. He looks like a different guy. I was really impressed with what I see, and I think with what Oklahoma's doing defensively with, uh, again, that three down front, he fits in pretty naturally as that four-eye, five-type uh, technique type of player. So though uh, there's a lot happening. I think also last weekend's official visitor, Lee Autry, um, is kind of the guy that maybe they're starting to narrow their focus on a little bit at nose guard. And I think maybe we could have a verdict on him within a week or so. So there's a lot of stuff that's happening. I think maybe in a couple of weeks, the picture will be a lot more clear of what OU's doing. Josh, with Reese Leitao, he's someone we saw. I saw him uh, last year play. And he, I mean, he's a good tight end. Uh, but we, we all kind of ha- were in agreement that with what OU had with Calcaterra and Jeremiah Hall already in hand, we didn't really see a role for him as an H-back tight end. Now, if you can say he can play defensive end, play in the defensive line, that's something else. But then the question becomes, do you think that's something he wants to do? Does Is he open to not playing offense and playing defense at the next level? And, and that's a great question. That's something I'm still kind of working to answer because I talked to a few people at Jinx. I mean, like I said, it's obviously as guys who cover the state of Oklahoma, it's, it's a program we're really familiar with. So we knew a few people, and I made some calls yesterday after I got that news. And it's kind of a verdict is out. There was definitely a feeling uh, early in his career he wanted to be a tight end. That's where he saw himself. But I think he's starting to see more offers come in that are saying, hey, you know, we kind of like you on the defensive side of the ball. And I think it's making him rethink things because he's a very smart kid, very savvy. Uh, his dad is a, is a college basketball coach. So, I mean, he kind of understands the mentality. So I think there is definitely some connection to him trying to – uh, just understand what is his best uh, ability to continue playing for as long as he can. And I think when you watch him, you you have the idea of either an inline blocking tight end, which is, let's face it, kind of a dying breed, or as a defensive end that could probably play in a 3-4 or a 4-3, uh, just depending on what the scheme is. Uh, let's... I mean, the way things are working out, let's let's talk. I, mean, I know evaluated stuff's going to happen, uh, and it always happens with every program. You try and find a guy last minute because things aren't going well. 
Tell us about kind of the big targets, the guys that are out there, the big names uh, that are still left in, in, in what's going on with them heading towards signing day. Anybody falling out? Anybody that you just rule out at this point that OU has been chasing? Well, the guy that I think you have to start with is, you know, obviously Marvin Wilson, the guy that we've talked about for over a year now. Uh, the big news this week was him as he has literally dropped Texas from consideration. They are out of his recruitment. And if you talked to me a month ago, I mean, hell, you can go back and listen to the podcast. I was saying I thought Texas was the favorite at that point in time. So this really kind of shakes things up for him. And it again, it goes back to what I've been saying for three or four months after that Ohio State game when everybody said, oh, OU's out. There's no way they don't have a chance. I think you have to look at the whole situation and what was going to play out is what I was talking about. Charlie Strong gets fired. Okay, well, Tom Herman's going to get hired and that's going to change everything. Well, it didn't. I mean, I, I think there's it's clear that he wasn't enamored with Herman when he was at Houston, and I don't think that's changed now that he's at Texas. Or it's clear that it hasn't. So I think LSU is probably the favorite right now. He seemed to like that hire of Ed Orgeron. So, uh, you know, obviously being the defensive line coach at LSU, that's been who's recruiting him for a while, and we all know Orgeron's a monstrous recruiter. So I think that that's definitely where you would lean. But if what I'm told is true, I just don't see Marvin getting far away from home so really, you're looking at three options. A&M, who he's kind of always been lukewarm about. LSU, who's you know been his on-again, off-again kind of private leader uh, really for over a year. And Oklahoma, who prior to that Ohio State game, I thought was very near to taking the lead in his recruitment. So there, there's a lot happening here. Um, the next guy is Jeff Akuda, kind of the same deal. Announced a final three, uh, I think it was late last week, of Oklahoma, Florida State, and Ohio State. Akuda, top, uh, I think our number 11 overall player in the country on rival. So he's a massive recruit. Oklahoma has just kind of stayed around. He's got a great relationship with Kerry Cooks. He's made multiple trips to Norman uh, really since the spring. And then you throw in his relationship with Robert Barnes and some of the other commitments in the class. Oklahoma has an outside chance here. And what gets really interesting is a lot of the rumors about Ohio State's defensive staff. Uh, a lot of talk of Luke Fickle becoming the new head coach at Cincinnati, uh, possibly taking Kerry Coombs with him, their defensive backs coach. So there's a lot there. If that happens, then those wheels start turning and you start thinking maybe he's not as locked into Ohio State as everybody thinks. You just really, like, I just, you were talking there and you when you switched from Marvin to Okuda. It was like Mel Kuyper was on the other line. <laughs> it really was. You were well, very... I mean, would you say that he was your idol growing up? No. You know, and, and I've said this before, guys. And I mean, and he, you know, he works for a competing network now. But I have to be honest about it. Like, guys like Bobby Burton and those guys, like, I loved this stuff when I was a kid. Like, people think this is something I came into... When I was like 10, I was making these recruiting lists. I always thought recruiting was amazing. But you guys know me. You know, NFL Combine, the the uh, Senior Bowl, like I am glued to the – those are holiday weeks for me. Like I love that stuff. And so it's just – I don't know. I, I can't get enough of all this stuff, whether it's college to pro, high school to college. I, I love just watching guys and kind of evaluating where they are. If you weren't my partner – in Soonerscoop.com, and you didn't get into recruiting, what do you think you'd be doing right now? Running well, a free blog? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's the ripping way that on, would go. Ripping I just on have man. to share my knowledge. 
and you know, well, you didn't run, scouting it, high school kids and promising them the I didn't, moon. I didn't think you could start a blog unless you played. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, like, well, th- it's important when you start it, Eddie, not just as it continues to go. <laughs> I, d- I uh, definitely like the uh, Mel Kuyper combine. So the combine that Josh kind of hits there. He has that Gruden Mel Kuyper way of talking about football, which is kind of, <laughs> yeah, got the offensive guards pulling. Got to go to the combine. Just really likes I, Josh. Truly, a hundred percent. Anybody listening, just loves football and recruiting. It's a hundred percent genuine. Well, um, I'll stop busting your balls. Uh, no, you're good. It's it's fair. It's completely fair. This, no, it's it's. We love you. That's why we kid. We kid because we love. No, no. It's, it, I, I I take no offense to it. I it's I have accepted it about myself a long time ago. Official visit or you know all the visits that are going on out there right now. Obviously, a huge one happened. Was it yesterday in Florida, or two days ago? Yesterday, yeah, Marquise Brown. Uh, and I guess we've got. I noticed uh, West Virginia, our West Virginia guy Keenan tagged us on some stuff this morning. Uh, so Marquise has moved his announcement back a day. Is that what's going on? Up or uh, up a day to up to Monday? Couple days to Monday. Okay. I think it was supposed to be a week from today. Okay. And, now it's going to be Monday. The tweet was a little confusing. I think he said November 11th, which is Sunday, but then he said Monday. So I think it is going to be. Yeah, I think we were even confused last night on exactly when it was. Yeah, I think it's going to be Monday, though. But what, is that, what does that say? That OU visits, he cancels USC, and he's ready to make a decision. What does that say to you? Sometimes I'm like, guys, we're reading too much into this. I, I think this one's pretty obvious. I, you know, when you Because t- when I spoke to him on uh let's see i guess that would have been monday afternoon uh following his official visit to oklahoma he said oh you know i loved it and he admitted you know i I thought about hey maybe this is the place for me and he clearly was enamored with you know how hard they sold him on you can be the next dd westbrook and that when you know it was kind of the perfect storm for ou with westbrook having the the huge play baker mayfield announcing in the post game to you all that he's going to be back for next year i mean it's Really, OU couldn't have choreographed a better weekend for that guy to be on campus. But he said, hey, I still want to take that USC visit. And I said, well, okay, you know, so, we'll, you know, it's still all up in the air because we all know. I mean, we've all seen OU lose guys late to SC. That just happens sometimes. But I, I felt like going into that SC visit, OU clearly led. I mean, because he really, West Virginia didn't come up a lot. It didn't seem like something he talked about. You know, it just and some of that's understandable, but there were even some points where I felt like he was open to talk about West Virginia, and he just didn't take that option. So I think OU's clearly out in front. The fact that he's changed his USC plans coming right off the heels of his OU in home, I I think that says a lot. Now, I mean, I, I wouldn't completely say West Virginia's out because I don't know that definitively, but I, I think it's a really, really safe bet that he's leaning towards Oklahoma, and that'll be the choice on Monday. The next question, I guess, would be after that, Josh, is how close of a player is he to D.D. Westberg? I think it's one thing to to be able to compare him and say that, yeah, they want him to be the next D.D. Westbrook. They want him to play out of the slot and everything like that. But how close is he to being the next D.D. Westbrook? Well, I mean, you know, and, and it's worth saying that they're going to use him in a way very similar to D.D. He's not going to just be a strictly slot guy, which I think with his size, everybody kind of assumes. And I certainly did, too, early on. But that was a huge part of their pitch to him this weekend was that that was not going to be the case. So I, I think you'll you'll see a lot of that. But I, um, I to me, I see a lot of Jalen Saunders in his game. I think he's a little 
Um, and it's it's crazy to say about Didi. I think Marquise being a little bit smaller is maybe a little more natural in his change of direction stuff. I don't know that he's quite as scary vertically as mm-hmm. Didi is, but it's not. Don't get me wrong. It's not much of a difference. He's very, very fast. He's capable of scoring from anywhere on the field. And I think, you know, I, I, the one area where I do see the most resemblance to Saunders is because he is really good as a return guy. And not that Westbrook isn't as well, but I thought that was always one of Saunders' true strengths was in the punt return game. And that's such a quick decision, and you've got to be so twitchy to do it. And I think that's where he's so good. And I think, that, like I said, that's where I probably draw that he reminds me a little more of Jalen, although he's bigger than Jalen was. So mm-hmm. that's kind of why they can make that you know, pitch that he'll be more like D.D. Todd, Todd, Todd. Marquise Brown kind of reminds me a lot of the guys that Urban Meyer had at Florida in the mid-2000s. Some of those just smaller guys who could fly and move and natural in space. You can put him at running back, slot, return, anywhere. He just kind of can play all over and is explosive. Todd. Uh, What's so funny is Josh can't hear anything that we're doing. (laughs) That's true. I didn't even think about that. We're playing Todd, Todd, Todd over and over again. Josh, you, you guys like every time you guys go silent, I start to say something and I'm like, nope, something's happening here. Uh, well, OK, so outside of Marquise, uh, anything else stand out to you about uh, some of the official visits that have been going on the last week and a half? Well, we talked about Lee Autry. I think, you know, with Oklahoma offering him while he was on campus, I think he clearly, uh, the guy uh, out of the uh, Mississippi Junior College ranks, I think he's a guy that Oklahoma is now kind of moving forward with. Um, You know, we can talk about this weekend's official visitors uh, kind of going forward if you want to, but I won't kind of bog that down. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and obviously uh, the other guy, and we've talked about him some, uh, you know, this morning, uh, Noah Daniels announcing his, he's going to make his announcement on Sunday uh, following his official visit last weekend and his expected official visit to TCU this weekend. So I think we'll all kind of know the score uh, with him, you know, like I said, in just a few days. And for people, Noah Daniels is the kid that uh, was committed to Baylor, correct? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Sorry. Uh, Defensive back out of the, you know, kind of Houston area. Actually lives very close to me in Houston. I'm trying to do a little bit of pod, you know, recruiting for dummies on the podcast since it's not the hardcore scoopers. I get it. I, 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 you know, that's something you and I've talked about for years. I'm so bad about, you know, I Josh's, assume everybody Josh's, has all the same stuff I have. Josh's biggest pet peeve is hashtagging, hashtagging Sooners on your post when you forget to do Everything. it. He can tell you my biggest pet peeve is, Josh, not everybody knows as much as you when it comes to recruiting. Ugh. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta talk it out to the dummies. But wouldn't it be great if they did? Well, they're all on the board. And that's why you sign up, people. That was that's the perfect guy that I was talking about. The perfect guy? No, like the what I was tweeting about yesterday with the guy that called in to Trevor's. He needs to he needs to sign up to Super Scoop, yeah. Yeah. Get woke. Although I I have a feeling that type of guy just by the sound of his voice, he would he'd get eaten alive. Yeah, he'd come on there and say something really stupid and forceful. He kind of seemed like he was borderline. I'm going to call in and ask what time the game is and is it on TV type of guy. I really Nothing worse than calling and asking questions that you can Google. I really want to do a segment. I don't think they'll let me where you where I listen to Al's show every night and do a Google that up segment <laughs> and just do questions from guys that are like, hey, Al, uh, who's back up to Manuel Beal? Or they'll just say, who's back up that number 14? Yeah, number 14, <laughs> give out the number. 
Be good. At I always it. like the who's the second. coach of like who who's the head coach over there at Alabama? Re, uh, a that you don't know that, and B secondly, you know Google Alabama head coach. It's real straightforward. I would I would just get false information if that were me. <laughs> I'm not Google. I'm the radio. What am I? I'm not going to lose a listener. Actually, what you could do is actually ask Siri questions when people call you. I think that'd be well, a, a good compromise. Siri probably just like, does not compute. What's worse, to go through the process of, you know, you call into Al's show, you stay on hold for a couple minutes, you kind of just sit there and, you know, you're doing whatever you're doing to get an answer to a question you could have Googled in 10 seconds or to ask those kind of questions on the board where you are literally on the computer and could type it into Google. <laughs> it's worse moment. to do it on the board. I absolutely, absolutely, 100%. Worse. worse on the board. Because, What's game time on Saturday? Because you not only navigated your way to a message board, but you <laughs> you, clicked, you, you post, knew how to post. New topic. Yeah. There are questions within threads where the answer lies just above. If you just scroll up in the thread, there the answer would be. But people still ask the question. Ah! That's uh, Al Ashback. He's, I mean, he's on the board all the time. So those of you who rip him constantly, stop it. Be, be nice. I like Al. Al's a good man. I think Eddie and I both had him for class back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. I spoke yep. to his class l- l- lately. Oh, yeah. How'd that go? Horrific experience. Oh, yeah. What was so horrific? Doing it. <laughs> the, what, did they get all those notes we sent? Look, like, okay, so we have thousands of people that will listen to this podcast I mean, I'm not kidding. Like almost 10,000 people individually will listen to this podcast. Uh, thousands of people listen to everyone individually. We have all these statistics. It doesn't bother me at all. Like, because I don't see you. Like, you're you. You might as well not exist. Like, I have. I am not. Ner- I've been doing radio for God. I don't know how long since '02. So that's 14 years. And I'm used to. It's I can almost do it. half of my life. Shut up, Eddie. <laughs> that is half my life. <laughs> so I'm used to it. It doesn't bother me. I was like, I'm comfortable doing it. But I I was trying to think that I okay, I spoke I spoke publicly one time as a best man. Um there was something else I did publicly and I can't remember what it was, but I remember it went terribly. And then so that was like this either the I think that was the third time in my life. And it was there were only like fifteen kids in that room. And here's the really bad part, and this is, like, I've been away from college for too long because I forgot how things work. Like, there are kids in there taking that class that have no no wishes or desires to get into journalism whatsoever. So I asked, like, I was like, okay, how many of you guys, let me just show show, show hands, how many of you guys want to get into, like, print journalism, print, internet, online, newspaper? So maybe like four kids raised their hand, and I was like, oh, all TV people in here. Eddie'd be proud. And so I, was, and I said, well, how many of you guys want to get into electronic journalism, you know, broadcasting, television, radio, stuff like that? Like three more people raised their hand. So there was like eight people in there that had no, didn't even care what I was talking about. So then I thought, this sucks. Like, I'm wasting my time. And I'm not, but it was cool because like uh, Carson Williams mm-hmm. was in that class. I know him. He's a kid. Uh, he's been working, for, you know, the OU TV stuff for a long time. Uh, and Joe Bettner, a uh, really good guy, came in. He wasn't even in the class. He just wanted to come hang out and see what I had to say. So it was cool. I mean, I thought I, I mean, one kid asked me like about other websites and stuff. I won't say which one. And I blasted him in front of the kids, told them what I really thought. I ripped on aggregators and 
Bleacher Report and all that crap. Uh, just kind of tell them how the internet has evolved over the years. But it's like the whole time I'm talking, I can't breathe and I can't catch my breath. And it's on the third floor, so you have to walk up the those... And they're not just like stairs. They're the giant sweeping circular stairs. So you're literally probably walking up six flights of stairs going up to the third floor. And I'm following Al. And Al, as small as he is, he's like a little, he's like speed racer. He just float up. He does. He's just like, dun, 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 dun. And I'm just like, Jesus, Al. It's like I wanted to take the Al elevator, but I ran into Al in the lobby. So I, that same thing happens to me when I talk to small groups. Like I can't breathe. And I can feel my chest starting to go. If I talk to like a whole auditorium or if I talk on this And you thing, feel nothing. like you, you feel like you can't, take a breath like right. because if you pause it's going to be awkward yep. so you can't just sit there and go <sighs> like you that, like no it's, it seems like it's too long and it's going to be weird so i was out of breath the entire time it was a, like an hour and a half it was it was much better when i took questions i should have taken questions the whole time just open it up open the floor like josh and i did a we did i remember that thing we did a long time ago with kevin sumlin and chris wilson like out at that uh we took questions. We had a big audience. It was Sooner Scoop thing. This was before Eddie was around. Yeah, yeah. That was, I thought that was a really good thing. They gave us like a mic, and I didn't... Like, that's something I did. I didn't really have a problem doing that, because we were just saying, hello, here's the coaches. You can ask questions, and we talked to them. Like, that does, that's more like doing a radio show. So, anyway, it was terrible. Terrifying. <laughs> I bet those kids walk on, man, that guy's so weird. He, like, can't even breathe. So to be clear, though, you were hating on Bob Prisbillo during the... Uh, <laughs> no, I would never hate on Bob Prisbillo. <laughs> no. It, Bob's it was, a good guy. It was probably people that are meaningless. Jeez, Eddie. <laughs> I said Eddie up. I should, that's, that's me. That's my fault. Bob's a good dude. Uh, okay. Do we, we, we have Carson some... said you did well, though. Okay. I was invited well, back. Good. Al said he wants to have me there every year, so we'll see. Um... Do we have anything major recruiting left to talk about? Or do we want to get in the madness of postseason? Uh, I think the... I'd just say the one thing. Have we Trey talked about Young, we Jalen, talk about or Jalen Johnson? No. He confirmed that he's taking an official visit to Norman this weekend, Josh? Yep, yep. Rivals 100 corner from uh, Fresno. Another, you know, of that same Fresno tree that's, you it's know, Makai so well. Quick, Atari Bird, Caleb Kelly. What so, a I mean, bang up. What a bang up. Caleb Kelly in. is their saving grace right yes. now. So, you know, that's that's going to be the I don't think thing, Atari but, Bird or LJ Moore are doing anything. Atari Bird actually retweeted the Sooner Scoop yeah, account last night. Yeah. Did mm -hmm. he really? Yeah. And I, I was like, was oh, my God. Was it about all Big 12 stuff? Yeah. Like DD or something. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. He's alive. This is amazing. I still <laughs> follow him, and he does. I don't think he does anything. Not playing anywhere or anything? Uh, no, I don't even know if he's in college. Wasn't, wasn't that T. Shepard guy a Fresno guy, too? The, yeah, uh, he was. Yeah. Uh -huh. Same and that same, you know, group of guys, the same trainer and all that good stuff. But yeah, uh, we'll make it quick. Jalen Johnson coming in. I have been told uh, Matt Leo, the recent uh, defensive end offer from uh, the Arizona Junior Colleges, he'll be in as well. And the third guy that I'm expecting is uh, the running back commitment from Lackawanna, Marcellius Sutton. Will take his official visit. So. Those are the three that I know of. Now, last week there were some late changes. You know, Jamias Williams came in. You know, so there's there's still some things that can happen. But that um, those are the three that I'm expecting as we speak. You know, 
everybody was bagging on, oh, you know, oh, he's, Tim Kish is living at Lackawanna. And then the first few games start, and everybody's like, oh, God, those Lackawanna guys are really good. Emmanuel Beals ended up being a starter. We thought Capri Doucette was going to be the better player when we first saw him, and he's just disappeared completely. It's kind of weird. The Nashton Julius has never done anything. It's kind of weird how Capri Doucette is just... I mean, he's definitely there. He dresses out. I've watched him. I mean, I, I, we talked about that last week on the boards, and I was like, I need to really watch and see how much he's doing in pregame. But he did everything that everybody else did. It's just Caleb Kelly, right? Caleb I mean, Kelly's yeah. just <laughs> taken over, which I think is the right play to make. Right. I think Capri Doucette showed early that he has speed off the edge, and that was kind of a nice asset. But once you saw what Caleb C- Kelly could do completely in both the run and the pass and with everything he has, I, I just I don't know if there's a role for Capri Doucette. Unless it's just behind Caleb Kelly. Maybe they can go be boxers with uh, Mike Balligan if that doesn't work out. He's a boxer now. Like a legitimate... Like a legitimate boxer. I'm going to see him on Friday Night Lights on ESPN at 2 a.m. he's like 6-0 now or something. But he'd have to be like... He'd have to be almost 30 now. I would not get in the ring with him. I'll put it that way. 2008, he was here. It was his last year. That's probably about right, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he's probably more than 30. I bet he's 32. I mean, he was... Because he was... Remember, he was two or three years removed when he showed up, or he was two or three years before he went to JUCO and showed up. Well, he was up. playing in that California penal system or whatever that was. Yeah, the, whatever got him in the trouble, yeah. I think it was more like a New England semi-pro league. At what, <laughs> at what point does old man strength cross over the apex? Are you not getting stronger anymore? Is it, is it 40, or are you still getting old man strength then? No, you're juicing if you're getting stronger at 40. But you know, I'm talking about like that, like your dad, for some reason, yep. can just always beat your butt no matter what, even if he's, you know, 40, 50 years old. That old man kind of, he's I think 50s is when it starts dropping down. My dad did a, did a cycle 10K on Thanksgiving. Holy cow. This year? And he ran it, yeah. Jeez. I don't know if I've ran a 10K total and in my life. 69, I think. Nice. Wow. Tiffany ran a half marathon a few, about a month ago. So it was, she'd run a couple of them. She, that's, I mean, don't get me wrong. She's not 69. That's awesome. But the, nice. the, uh, 69. Nice. <laughs> wow. That's Eddie. Every time Eddie says that, I see the guy, the, uh, the GIF from the South Park. We're like, nice. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> that's exactly cop. what I think of every time I hear him say it. I need to watch the, this year, this, with it, this week's, uh, season finale. I still haven't watched it yet. Okay, so let's talk about uh, coaches, coaching situations. Houston reportedly about to hire Lane Kiffin today. It was, you know, it came, I think, Dennis Dodd. Dennis Dodd was definitely the first person to put it out that Lincoln Riley interviewed. And I have some Houston connections, and I checked it, and everything was really quiet. And I couldn't, I never could interview Lincoln Riley interviewed, or I never could verify he interviewed, and then they did say it in the release that they put out today, or yesterday, saying that he was no longer a candidate. And it was just weird that they would say, these are our candidates. And I mean, there's no way in my mind that Lincoln Riley didn't tell him thanks but no thanks for them to put on that. I mean, they could have said, look, we're looking to hire a sitting head coach or someone that's been a head coach, and we're just not willing to take a chance on a coordinator right now. That could have happened, but... It also could have. It also looked like Lincoln just said, 
Yeah, I'm going to go back to Oklahoma for another year. Also, Baker Mayfield, what he said also kind of leads credence to that. Didn't it feel like... Uh, Baker said the same stuff last year, though. I know, but didn't it feel like the way he said that that he and Riley had kind of come together with an agreement that they were going to come back? Like, if I come back, you come back kind of deal? That's, that's the vibe I got from it. He can say that all he wants. I mean, he's... He, I've no never, one, that's no true, one can No one can begrudge someone else for taking a job for millions of dollars. Yeah, that and I don't think that anybody has especially in Baker Mayfield's situation, I don't think anybody's ever declared to go to the Canadian Football League either. Yeah, so... Eddie's on fire today. Kerry, yeah. talking to some sources, did you get the same feeling that everybody else was, uh, you know, like in Norman was kind of, we don't know what's happening here. Like, I, I got the impression that no the, one was sure what was going yeah, on. Yeah, he didn't. I mean, I'm sure Bob knew what was going on. Of course, yeah. But I don't think any of the... I know the other assistants didn't know. I mean, maybe like, you know... Dennis Simmons or someone that's been with him for a while knew, um, yeah. but I no, it was not well known by the assistants that he had interviewed or not. That has to be a really weird like but they're all out recruiting too, so nobody's really communicating as much right now on has, those kind of things. It just has to be a weird dynamic when a coach goes out, like especially during this time of the season when there are like recruiting or rumors going around that such and such is going to interview for this job or you know this guy's going to go to. Be a, take an offense coordinator job elsewhere. That has to be kind of weird. That I mean, don't the coaches? I would have to think that they talk about that kind of stuff, don't they? If they're close, yeah. But I mean, like, are the defensive coaches and the offensive coaches? Yeah. Unless they're unless they just happen to really get along and have developed yeah. a bond and a friendship. I mean, I think they just kind of operate, you know, independently. I guess it's a personal matter. Yeah, personal matter. But if you're close with someone, I mean, like if Bill Biedenboe heard you know that report or whatever he probably texts lincoln said hey, yeah. are you interviewing with interview with Houston?" and he'd probably say yeah i'm doing it tomorrow at four yeah, i mean his his career could be changed right lincoln go if lincoln does take a, the job in houston then that may mean bill beatenbow goes with him you know so those guys careers might be kind of tethered together so i don't think bill would go with him uh I, he wherever he's gonna land he's probably not gonna be able to make as much as he is at oklahoma uh unless Unless Bob said, no, you're not going to be my offensive coordinator, and right. he really wanted to be his offensive coordinator. And Lincoln says, hey, you can come be my offensive coordinator. I'm calling plays still, but you can come be my offensive coordinator. It comes with that title, and that'll help you move on if that's what you want to do. I mean, that's obviously all hypothetical, but that, that's something that could have happened, and you'd have to think that Bean, Bo, and Riley are at least feeling each other out on those kinds of things. Regardless, it feels like this was a big news for Oklahoma. I mean, they're going to get Correct. Lincoln Riley back. There yeah. aren't any more jobs out there that... He's not going to take Temple. He's not yeah. going to take... South Florida. South Florida. South Florida. Yeah. yeah. Even something crazy like Oregon, they got the South Florida coach, so there's nothing really out there for him. And, and if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense because... When you you know usually when you see an OC and a and a quarterback that seem to have a real um, connection like Riley and Mayfield seem to have, it seems like a lot of times that OC will ride out that quarterback and then when once that's over, okay, now I'm ready to and and not so much of any sort of loyalty, but just because you know that next year whoever is the quarterback after Baker Mayfield, there's gonna be that you know there's gonna be that time when. Oh well, maybe Riley's not as good as we thought he was. Maybe it was all Baker Mayfield. No, he's really good, and this next guy's probably going to be a good player. He's just not Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I mean, whoever it is, I mean, I they're going to be different. I mean, it's just like you have a Johnny Manziel. You have guys that are coming in. They're going to be good. They're just going to be different. They're not going to be the same. Yep. Just like 
Baker wasn't the same. Sam Bradford was different than than Baker, and he was better in a lot of ways. Uh, and like, I thought this was funny because Baker has a great arm. But you remember Eddie? I don't know. This was maybe the Kansas game, but they showed like a highlight video of Sam for some reason before the game, like during pregame. I don't know if you saw it or not. Or maybe it was just the 2008 team kind of a tribute to him or something. Uh, it might have been an anniversary of something. And just watching those highlights, it's like I literally forgot how incredible Sam Bradford was as a quarterback when he was in college. Like how – because you see him just getting killed every week in the NFL, and you have for how many years has it been? Eight years? Yeah, eight years. And you forget, like, he was the most accurate – thrower that I've ever seen in my life and I and just how tall he was and how hard he could throw the football uh and and I had this argument with uh I can't remember if it was Dusty or somebody the other day just about Sam Bradford people want to say how does he compare to Baker Mayfield Sam Bradford never had a Sterling Shepard or a Dede Westbrook Mm -mm. never never had he had a young Ryan Broyles that's the best he had but remember, he was Ryan Broyles was seen as someone that was, you know, less than Joaquin Iglesias or Manny Johnson. I mean, Jermaine Gresham was his best. Yeah, he had his a, best he target. Had Gresh. Gresham, and they threw to Demarco a lot DeMarco. in the backfield. But Sam, I think, is still even accurate. I don't think he ever lost his accuracy. No. His thing with at Oklahoma was he had that offensive line, and he the things that you kind of need to have to be. You know, great as a quarterback, even guys like Tom Brady have an ability to find a way to maneuver and find space to throw through. Sam just doesn't quite have that feel, but he's still, he's still accurate. I, I, there's some uh, deeper level stats in that he's, even when he was in St. Louis, he was one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the NFL throwing downfield. He just had led uh, the league in drops and hits and things of that nature. So he's always had terrible receivers in the NFL, too. Awful. I mean, I think at one point, Mark Clayton was his top guy and was playing well. I mean, that shows you kind of... I don't know if he has one receiver that was that were one of his main receivers that is still actively in a starting rotation anywhere. Amendola. Amendola's it. But he left but, after yeah, a couple it, of years, right? Yeah, I mean, he got out of St. Louis. Anyway, we're way off track. I'm just trying to say, that, you know, I didn't think, oh, you would ever have a quarterback as good as Sam. Now you got Baker Mayfield going to New York. He's gonna He's in Atlanta right now. Uh, the Home Depot Awards are starting tonight as we're doing this podcast. They are going to uh, award the Blitnikoff there. It, I mean, I can't believe that the kid from Northwestern or East Carolina would win it over D.D. Westbrook, but you never know. You want to see a meltdown? You want to see a meltdown? Give it to Ooh. somebody other than D.D. Westbrook. It's like I texted you yesterday and said, uh, what if they give the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year to Dante Foreman or Deonta Foreman? Deontay, yeah. That would have been another meltdown. Well, tech, I mean, it's just like... Or Mahomes. I don't, Josh, you probably... I mean, you can speak to this better than anybody, but I never understood how people in Texas got so... They got it in their, their brains like Deontay Foreman was going to be in New York City for the Heisman. It's like, no, he played on a team who fired their coach. You don't go to the Heisman <laughs> ceremony when you're on that type of team. It's, I mean, it's like, did they forget, Josh, what the Heisman was all about? Well, and I should say, I should start this with, I hate the idea of, oh, it's best player on the best team. I hate that crap. Like the Jalen Hurts as a Heisman candidate was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard. I agree. Like, Agreed. He's, he's maybe the fifth best player on his own team. Maybe. Um, he might be. And the, so I, he might be I, the, I hate that yeah. kind of idea. But at the same time, you like, 
if you are that great, you're taking your team to a bowl game. Like I mean, like especially in a position where you can impact every single play, like running back. I mean, whether it's blocking and you know, and you say, oh well, he doesn't touch it every time like a quarterback. Yeah, that's great and all, but the way he ran the ball, he pretty much did touch it every time. He was their offense down the stretch. I mean, I want to say, yeah, he was second in the country in total carries behind Donnell Pumphrey, who, if you want to make a case for a running back that maybe should be there, I could make a better case for Pumphrey than I could Foreman because of the team he played on, very good, and really is the offense for San Diego State. So, I mean, that's... That's just one of those deals where, like I said, I, I understand that he had a great year, and he really he surprised everybody, including me. But a Heisman guy? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, if you told me that Samaj P. Ryan would get 323 carries running that Texas offense where they're spreading you wide, do I feel like there's a decent chance P. Ryan does the same thing Foreman did? I do. I really do. Now, could I take a Texas receiver and do what D.D. Westbrook did? Hell no. So, I mean, that, that's kind of where it gets down to it to me. Could, can other guys do what you did? You know, I mean, here's the thing that was weird about the Heisman this year is I think if USC had won the Pac-12, Adoree Jackson would be in New York. Uh, but you had Adoree Jackson, you had, you had Christian McCaffrey, you had Jake Browning, and nobody could really come to a consensus on which was the best of those players. And it just the, the, the vote got kind of split. And I'm sure a lot of people were putting other people like you know Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson in their two and the one, two, and three. But I don't. It, it was just a very strange year out west because there wasn't a dominant team, and the best player I thought out there was Adoree Jackson. I mean, I think he's a guy that just dominates a game at the cornerback spot, and you never see that. The most amazing thing I think that I've seen today is USA Today came out with their All American team. Adoree Jackson made it but he's second-team returning specialist. That's it. He didn't even make... Who were their first-team corners? Uh, let's see. First-team corners were Desmond King from Iowa and uh, Cordray <laughs> Tankersley from uh, Clemson. Yeah, Tankersley's pretty good. And then uh, second-team was uh, Minka Fitzpatrick from Bama and uh, actually Rasul Douglas from West Virginia was second-team uh, defense. But Adoree Jackson, I feel like, is... he. He's the most talented physic or he's the most, he's the most athletic electric, player, dynamic, yeah. explosive player in, in the country. Football. There's yeah. no doubt about it. I don't think Jabril Peppers even comes close. Didn't you go see him in high school, Josh, at Sarah? Was that was he part of that group that you went out and saw? No, I didn't get a chance to see him. That was a deal where basically it was that game or one other, and I didn't get a chance to go see okay. him. I really wanted to, but it just didn't work out in that that California trip that I made. Oh no, you went. That's right. You went and saw, uh, what's his name, instead, uh, the receiver uh, from La I saw Marata. Dallas Todd, yeah, and then Dallas I went Todd. over and saw uh, some guys at Salesian who looked fairly possible for Oklahoma, but literally went to California and saw three guys with OU offers, and none of them, what, I don't think Todd ever even had a catch in OU game, did he? Uh, he had a catch Maybe. in the spring game. I don't know about a real game. <laughs> okay, well, that's something. But, yeah, I mean, that's that, that trip – I saw Mark Andrews in Phoenix, and that really ended up being the saving grace of that whole uh, two-day trip. <laughs> uh, anything stand out to you guys about the Big 12 list, the official Big 12 coaches team? No. I I tweeted this, but I, I if you're going to put somebody from OU's defense on there, you have to put Stephen Parker on there. Yeah, the Jordans got it. It's Jordan Thomas and... 
Jordan Evans made it, but not Stephen Parker. Correct. And look, Jordan, yeah, Jordan Evans deserves to make the team. But man, Stephen Parker was the only guy that was consistently making plays for Oklahoma's defense. So even when they were terrible, he was making plays for their defense. And if you subscribe to the thought that his partner on the back end is not the best safety in the Big 12, he had even like more. Like Thomas had the worst year possible? Correct. That he had even more to kind of compensate for in that role, especially considering how bad Oklahoma's defense was in general, stopping the pass. So there, yeah, there was a lot on Stephen Parker's shoulders and. You know, I think when he he was the guy that kind of started the the turnover stretch. Oh, you had those so many games where they couldn't get a turnover, and then I think it was back to back games. Parker gets an interception and a fumble recovery, and that kind of sparked down the stretch uh, that onslaught of you know Jordan Evans pick six and some more uh, turnovers coming. Stephen Parker kind of sparked that whole thing. I don't know if I've ever seen a bigger dud season than the one Ahmad Thomas put together this year by a senior. A guy that seeming, seemingly made so much progress between yeah. his sophomore and junior year. It was like he did the uh, the reverse Gabe Lynn. Yeah. yeah, the reverse Jonathan Nelson. Yeah, had a had a a really good junior year, then a really poor senior year. It's a good example. I forgot about Jonathan Nelson. How I good had he had got, just yep. his final year mm-hmm. at OU. Yeah, it, on the flip side, I think of a couple of receivers who kind of were supposed to have big senior years and then didn't like Adron Tanell and Brandon Caleb. Was that 2009? Two seniors that you kind of felt were about to do something and then just were. Well, that was why Sam didn't horrific. have a decent receiving course because Adron Tanell was supposed to be the star going into 2008 and then he couldn't catch a ball. I'll literally guarantee you guys in the thread on the board about this. I'm going to hear about my fearless 20 from that year when I picked it. I picked Adrian Tunnell to come out of nowhere and have a thousand yard receiving. Season. It wasn't your fault though. Every player bragged on him during the preseason <sighs> that year, even the spring. And then I remember when Sam Bradford let him come to his pro day. We were like, Sam, what are you doing? <laughs> he screwed everyone. <laughs> And I think he did actually was the only person that dropped the pass. Uh, his... They had one drop, I think, and I think it was Adrian. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, Oklahoma State, we, I mean, just let's talk about that real quick. Um, just a bizarre game. I, I rewatched the game last night for the first time. I still, I still think it's targeting on D.D. Westbrook. I know you can say he led with his shoulder, but the crown of his helmet still hit D.D. Westbrook in the chin. And he had a gigantic... Did you see the butterfly dressing on his chin this week? Yeah. When he came and yeah. talked to us? Yeah, on the Monday night. It was a bad-looking bad looking gash on I his I took it... Chin. Did that happen from the game, or was that from like him and Baxter Maybe, getting into it? I don't know. He tried to explain it. He didn't do a good job explaining it. No. I, I took it as like him and Baxter got into it on the basketball court. He he said he basically said Jordan Stearns that was a good hit. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess that's what he was saying. Maybe. I mean, what the hell are you doing, Jarvis Baxter? You know the guy just had a concussion, and now you're out trying to kill him on a basketball. He court? only has one game left. He's probably trying to get on the on the on the field. <laughs> Showing that toughness. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I didn't think about that. Trying to take him out with the huff. Let's go play basketball. But you know, oh, I get like a Nancy Kerrigan scenario. I got you. Took me a second to get there. I think defensively, Justice Hill's really good. That's the first time I've really got. To see, that's the first time I have got to see him in person, and. I just think, I mean, I'll give Mike Stoops a lot of credit here. Coming out of the halftime, they got, what, two or three straight three and outs? Mm-hmm. They were fantastic on deep. I mean, that was that was the best halftime adjustments I've probably seen Mike Stoops make in three years at Oklahoma. Yeah, OSU had three points after halftime. 
I think that was the best half of football they played all year. You, I think you're right, yeah. You finally saw them getting pressure out on the quarterback. Oboe had Oboe an was amazing great. game. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of like, it was like, that was the defense that I expected the entire year. Well, you notice, I know you did the Monday morning in it, Josh, but did you notice like in the first half they were bringing like Jordan Thomas, That remember that run blitz he had where they got a, a holding penalty mm-hmm. because the, the linemen tried to, couldn't pick him up fast enough? But he was blitzing Jordan Thomas. He was blitzing Stephen Parker. He was bringing guys from angles all over the place that first half just to try and make something happen. And then after halftime, it was like they just they just dialed it in. And they didn't have to do anything tricky at all. Uh, I think they realized that not just Mason Rudolph couldn't throw the football, but that Mike Stoops was, wasn't going to throw the football deep. Yeah. Well, and the narrative around here is that OSU wasn't... Mike Gundy, I mean. Yeah. The narrative around here for the last week and a half has been that OSU was conservative, which they were. They were very conservative. Mason but Rudolph was terrible. There were a I couple mean, times, too, though, that it looked like they were trying to go deep, and OU just got a little bit more pressure on them than they had yeah, all season. That's true. And To me, Mason Rudolph also, he couldn't throw a deep ball that game, whether it was the weather or what. What do you want to talk? People have even talked about his hand size. He can't. He's got Trump hands or something. Got those Trump hands. But he, he, he couldn't get anything downfield that wasn't a little wobbly. He couldn't get anything with some zip on it in that weather. That and, pass he threw to James Washington, that 60 yard, that was the ugliest deep ball I've ever seen in my entire yeah, life. Yeah, like hung up in the air. It lo- literally looked like he threw it. I thought it was going to go backwards when it left his hand because it went like, it didn't, there was no traje- trajectory. It just went straight up in the air. Kind of jumps out of his hand. Yeah, funny. it was so yeah. bizarre. And to be the negative Nelly, it still beat Jordan Thomas. Yeah, first team All Big Twelve. You're a jerk. I, 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 no. I mean, I can't understand it. I, you talk about a guy that regressed from year one. To, I, I don't think there's anybody. You know, Ahmad Thomas. I, I guess I was never sold on what he was as a junior. I, I don't know what happened to that guy this year. I don't know where his head was. He just never looked right, I except some, for that one half against yeah, Texas. Yeah, first half against Texas. I sometimes yep. wonder if Jordan Thomas just has that personality where he thinks he's smarter than everybody else, so he doesn't listen. Oh, I could see that, yeah. he. I think he's no. even talked about that that he when he lets up big plays is when he just starts to kind of get in a lull and get too cocky. I think he's just one of those kids where if he makes a mistake on a math test, it's not because he didn't know the answer. It's because he just went too fast and got cocky. I don't know. I I mean, there's been some weird stuff with him and his family uh, they've had on social media. Uh, You know, his dad's an Army veteran or something, or Navy or something like that. Used to be a journalist. Now he does something else. Uh, I kind of get the feeling that, like, his parents are very demanding and I don't want to say overbearing, but, like, you know, they they watch his they've watched his every move, and I think he's kind of gone through. I think some of the problems that he's had is is rebelling a little bit. Just yeah. being a kid, it's like a preacher's kid that just finally goes nuts. Gets to college, gets on his own. Yeah, doing his own thing. Although all the preacher kids I knew were nuts in high school already. <laughs> it. I will say on Jordan Thomas, I don't think there's any chance that he comes out. I just. From talking to him in that short amount of time we did before Bedlam, mm-hmm. he just didn't. That didn't give me the feel of somebody that was thinking I'm getting ready to pack up here in about a month and leave. Yeah, and Kerry asked him um, if he was going to graduate from school, and he said no. He's not. He gonna- like laughed. He yeah. like no. Yeah. I was like, oh, I thought you were really smart. I mean, I didn't say that to him, but I was like, I want to say, you know, Kendall Thompson graduated in two and a half years here, yeah. and he wasn't majoring in engineering, so. But I guess he's not doing that anymore. So Yeah, I don't know how you could do engineering and be a football player. I remember when he said that, when he committed to Oklahoma at the time, flipped from Northwestern, that he wanted to come to Oklahoma for their engineering program. And I remember thinking at the time, they're not going to let him do that. 
there's no way he's still doing that, right? I guess we No, he's he, African American studies, I think is what he's doing now. Which like I said, I think that's kind of his parents you know pushing that on him. Wanting him to be that. And if let's just say if they are, you know, that way and if he hasn't graduated yet, that would make sense if he came back and went ahead and got his degree. He's an interesting fellow. I, 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 to be honest with you, I kind of feel the same way you do, Eddie, but it's not going to surprise me if he declares for the draft. Right. Is he the one guy left that's the most, outside of the running backs, is he the guy that's most up in the air now? Yeah, probably so. Because yeah. uh, if you go off what Jamal Brown says, Orlando Brown's going to come back. Orlando is not going to do something that Jamal Brown doesn't want him to do. I don't think so. Yeah, it seems like a very much like a... Uh, it's a father-son yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Which is really cool on Jamal Brown's part. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's been his mentor, and uh, I haven't talked to Jamal about it. I need to. But I, it is amazing. I mean, he's taken him under his wing. He, he, I think knowing that he had a dad that played in the league, that he's, he's, got, some, he's got some anger issues, obviously, we've seen this year, uh, likes to fight on the field and likes to get penalties, likes to fight with anybody that wants to fight. I've uh, never... The other team's bench. I've never seen Bob Stoops get as pissed off as he was after the uh, personal foul or the unsportsmanlike penalty right before the the Pirine fumble. Yeah, I'll put it up on the board, but he almost lost it. He almost lost everything. Uh, Now, the Joe Mixon stuff, uh, you know, Samaje Pirine, I did put that on the board. Uh, I'll say this. I was like everybody else. And then I thought, well, surely he's going. It'd be stupid for him to stay. He's getting sued for money. Uh, He's got this tape hanging over him. Why would he stay? Just get to the NFL while you can. I've been there for a long time. Like with it, I've heard some stuff recently where I'm not there anymore. I've 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 heard that Joe has talked to people about the possibility, not even the possibility, uh, that that basically telling some people close to him that. He's he's coming back to Oklahoma next year. That, and I tried to say this when I wrote the thing. And people, I, it's hard for I understand that it, this is difficult to understand, like why he would. But you don't know how other people think. We don't know how Joe thinks. But I'll say this: I'm learning that Joe just kind of does what Joe wants to do. He doesn't worry about uh, what's going on with this lawsuit. He doesn't worry about what happens if the videotape comes out. All he's thinking about is. He likes playing football at Oklahoma. He likes his coaches. He likes his teammates. He's comfortable. I think football is the one thing that he's had, and football at Oklahoma is the one thing he's had with all this craziness going on around him, uh, with all the people you know, probably saying you know, nasty things to him through social media. The one thing that has been normal in his life, I think, has been OU football. If I, if I could explain it, and nobody's told me that, but... That's kind of the feeling I get from talking to people. So he wants to, I, I think he wants to continue to be a part of that. It's interesting, too, that I think that, I don't know, I guess it's been talked about a little bit before, but his relationship with Jerry Schmidt, I think, is about yeah. as strong as I can ever remember a former player having with it's Schmitty. probably because when he was sitting out that year, that's the only guy yeah. I think that hung out with him. Yeah, just as far as the only guy he could talk to. Yeah, you or- and I, I feel like they. I mean, every game they come out thirty minutes before anybody else comes out, and they throw the ball around, and it's even usually with a torn Achilles and a broken leg, which was just amazing. Modern medicine these days <laughs> is freaking unbelievable. Uh, Josh, you know you understand how pissed I was at that douchebag last week, like. 
how much he ruined our lives. You know, I do. I, I guess hey, I look, can. It's a job we get paid I, we all to do. Deal it. With that. I mean, yeah. But just some with, rumor monger that just throws anything out there, and then well, and I like I just hated the lack of accountability for it. Like it's cool if you want to say that. I mean, that's that's your deal. But to be like, I'm just telling you what I heard, so that you don't have to have any responsibility for what you've said. But if it's right, I expect to be you know credited with this. Well, so just like the, that, the just audacity bull. that that Eddie goes out and spies, which was wrong. He's been disciplined internally nobody saw me i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) but i mean look we kept tabs on what was going on we talked to people we i mean we felt almost 100 percent. i would say 99 percent sure that he was fine and it was like so we check into all that stuff and then the guy just keeps coming he's like well whatever you guys are just covering up for Bob Stoops, and then he'll double down you and find another imaginary source. And then something. he finds someone, and then someone else pops up. Oh, it's not a broken leg; it's it's an Achilles, though. I have it on a good source. It's like, yeah, this is the closest I've ever come to using the F word on the podcast. Oh, that would have been awesome. I just wanted to give a big F you to everybody out there that that had anything to do with orchestrating that crap. Yeah, even even alluding to it. On uh, on message boards is not just, our people. Not, I, mean, our, I no, don't no, no, blame no. Our, people our people for coming back and saying, "Hey, what's this?" Not, at all. not our people. There was some. You showed it to me. I think there was some college football rumor site that oh, even yeah. grabbed onto it. They were like trying to be like a college football talk or something. God, people just they had like two hundred and eighty followers or something. Yeah, it's it's just it was it was psychotic, is what it was, especially when. I mean, he's at the basketball game, hanging out, walking up and just down, the walking stairs. up and down stairs. Oh, but he's got a limp. You can see it clearly. That's how he's walked since the Josh, first time remember, I ever met him. You remember that was the same way with Demarco Murray, all the time. Like he had a weird gait, and people would like see video of him walking on the sideline or something. They're like, oh, there's something's wrong with him. He's got a he's got a torn hamstring. They're just not reporting it. Yeah, I do remember that. And when I first heard this thing, I was like, oh, here, it's Bedlam Week. Because there's always some crap like this on Bedlam Week. Like, oh, it's this, that, or the other. And I could never figure out why everyone chose to take this one so seriously. Like, why why was this one... I mean, the source was not a source. I mean, you know, like... And my sources... And what? The guy from the random OSU fan on Twitter... That has something about can't send it out on your name. Send it, out, you know. I'll, I'll hide it. I'm private. Like, like yeah, that we was talked about a couple bio, weeks ago. Yeah. It's not that hard to figure out who you are. Um, but we know, at the we, same, we kind of know who the guy is. Yeah. At the same time, everyone got like all crazy about this. Like, wh- why was this any more real than every other rumor on the planet from someone who clearly would have no connection? to the University of Oklahoma or know anything about what's going on. Uh, as, you know, it's something especially that would clearly be kept secret to such a high degree. It's just another example where we get to show our credibility. And going back to Kerry talking to Al's class about the new kind of wave of journalism, I talk about this a lot. When you have this market saturated with all these people that think they can be journalists, what sticks out now, not necessarily is who's first, it's who's credible. It's who's right. That's who the people come back to. And uh, this was another example where we can show that we're worth coming back to and that we'll provide you credible news. Look at Joe. He's it's like a PSA. Yeah. 
the more dun, you know. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, all right. What else do we have on the, the backboard? I mean, Heisman Trophy coming up this Saturday. I'm just going to say, does anybody here think that Baker Didi is going to win it? No. Really? No. I no. don't. I don't. The, if anything, they hurt each other because they're going to take votes away oh, yeah, from one def- another. I mean, just like Jason White and, and if Adrian Peterson had been the only you know, candidate for Oklahoma in 2004, he would have won it, I think. Yep. Agreed. I The one thing that I've been pretty blown away by here lately is uh, USA Today came out with their All-American team today. Sports Illustrated just came out with it, and I'm looking at it right now. And uh, the amount of love for Deshaun Watson over Baker Mayfield is kind of amazing to me, considering just – the year, the type of year that Baker's having with the pass efficiency record that he's going to just absolutely shatter. Uh, he doesn't, he get Deshaun Watson, second team, Sports Illustrated All American. Baker Mayfield doesn't get anything. Dede Westbrook is on first team on both the uh, SI and USA Today, but I don't know. I guess that just bothers me that Deshaun Watson got the nod for second team over Baker. Lamar Jackson first? Yeah. I I can see it just I because he's been, he beat him last year. He went to the national championship. They're in the playoff again this year. Uh, and really, Clemson offensively, they got some really good receivers. Yeah, the Mike Williams kid is that his name? Is it mm-hmm. Mike Williams? Uh, he's a beast. Um, Gallimore's a good running back. Or not Gallimore. Uh, I was confused the two. Uh, Gallman. 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 Wayne Gallman or Dwayne Gallman or whatever. He's really good as yeah, a running can... back. Uh, their offensive line isn't as good this year, and I think that's why his numbers have been down. But I mean, he's a, he he does he's a big, strong, powerful. He's a better NFL prospect than Baker is. I mean, it's just I think it's it's a it's a career achievement award. It's a good thing Baker's got another year because he can be that guy where everybody's yeah. like, why are they giving this to Baker over other people? I think that uh, would be interesting is if Oklahoma beats Houston, if they're in the playoff. Then I think that changes everything in regards to Baker because just that position, um, no matter what your stats are, no matter what your efficiency rating is, which is what he's doing in that department is really unbelievable. And looking at the record, he's breaking of Russell Wilson's. But people look at quarterbacks first; they look at record. And those two losses early, I think, just um, maybe not disqualified him in a lot of people's minds, but put him so far back that he could just never fully gain up that ground, no matter how well he played, which he he basically put together. I don't know eight straight weeks of as about as perfect quarterback play as you can play. And it, it still didn't matter because of those early perceptions. Well, uh, we're leading up to signing day now. Obviously, the bowl game coming first. Eddie and I will be headed down to New Orleans, uh, my favorite place in the world. I'm just not a New Orleans guy. I don't like seafood. The Wait, what? The uh, is that a thing? Yeah, I don't like seafood. I don't like seafood either. But like all oh. seafood, or like even shrimp and stuff. I don't like. Here's fish. my thing with seafood. It's like. All seafood is are just insects that live in water and that they're a lot bigger. Like shrimp, those look like insects. Yeah. Lobsters look like giant insects. Oh, I could, I mean, I don't like seafood either. But now, like, I'll eat, like, if you, I will do some sushi from time to time. Like, mm-hmm. I like crab. I do mm-hmm. like crab a lot. Um, I won't really do raw sushi, although I have in the past. Uh, but, I mean, I, you know, Shrimp tempura, I can handle that. I used to, it was so weird because, like, when I was a little kid, my parents would take us to Red Lobster. I would destroy popcorn yes, shrimp. Yes, sir. Like, I would eat that like it was literally popcorn. So I, I can, I can handle. So I probably need to try shrimp again. It's just, I remember going someplace one time and they didn't deter them, and it was just <laughs> disgusting. 
David Spade and Tommy Boy. Yeah, it was really, it was just like t- David Spade and Tommy Boy. The big black line. In so there. wrong. And if it comes out of the water, yeah. I'll eat it. I like the crustaceans. I'll do the the lobster, the crab, and all yeah. that stuff. But a fish, I don't, I don't know. It's no. it's just. Bland. I like if you go to like uh, what's the what's the Robert De Niro place they have at the Hard Rock in Vegas, the the sushi place. You know what I'm talking about, Josh? No, I, one of the few hotels I have spent very little time in in Las Vegas. That's one of the ones I don't know very I'm well. I'm not cool enough to be there, but just to go to that restaurant, we had to go, and uh, they had this blackened cod. Oh my God! It's it was heavenly. I I've never been a fish guy, but I will eat the blackened cod at whatever that restaurant is that Robert De Niro runs. Nobu. Nobu. Yeah. Nobu. Yeah. The blackened cod at Nobu was a delight. The grilled oysters at Drago's in New Orleans mm-hmm. really good. Gonna have to go back. You put some pasta under any of that, I'll eat it. I like seafood pasta, but I don't. Does that combine different things? I don't know. Is that still kind no, of seafood? No, uh, yeah. I mean, shrimp, scallopini or whatever. You could put Scampi. anything in pasta and I'll eat it, though. I've never felt more apart from all of you. I don't I don't know what's happening You're just here. seafood <laughs> like, psycho. I, literally, I will probably die of mercury poisoning someday. I think you're going to... I eat sushi daily. I think that fish will be better than all the red meat and fried chicken I'm pouring down my I collar. might have some sushi <laughs> for dinner tonight. That sounds good, actually. Just not... I want it dead and cooked in my sushi. Do you go out and get it, or how do you... I just don't, I don't want to go out and like sit down and eat sushi. I like the Crest sushi. There you go. Oh, that's... God, that's scary. I know, that's sacrilege. <laughs> that's bad, man. I like, that's gro- that's, I like grocery store sushi. It's not sushi. quite gas station, but, like, Oklahoma's already landlocked. <laughs> it feels kind of dangerous. <laughs> there's, there's nowhere but, you can but go. They fly Straight in, from Lake Hefner. But you have to admit, they fly in a lot of seafood into Oklahoma, so I'm not that worried about it. It has to be good. Oh, no. You're right. You're right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I eat it when I'm in Oklahoma, too. I, I love Musashi's on Western. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, I like Musashi. Mm, that's, I love that place. I don't know. Do we, we, have, we have... What is the best sushi place in Norman? In Norman? Uh, I guess I would probably... I mean, is In the Raw still open? No. Oh, it's not. No. It's gone. No. I don't know. I've always gone to Oklahoma City. I, Eddie I likes Pad Thai, where they cook the chicken oh, outside. Oh, Pad Thai was amazing. They cooked the chicken outside. They had so many health code violations, and Eddie was just doesn't like, matter. don't care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's good. <laughs> like, they actually did a newspaper article taking photos of their chicken sitting outside with flies all over it, and Eddie was like... Probably better. Like Cousin Eddie, Eddie was like, I'll still eat it. That's called authentic. Like Cousin Eddie in Vegas vacation, <laughs> just throwing raw meat out in the hot sun on a rock. By the way, they closed <laughs> Tulio's this week. It like forever? It's done. Wow. I don't think I ever That was an establishment. I just that ate that. They must have closed it like the day after I ate there last. You had like the last meal at Tulio's ever served. Uh, I guess I have to make uh is my place now. Where do kids go underage drink nowadays now? What that Is that where was? they went to Tulio's? I did my freshman year. One of my fraternity brothers. They just brothers. didn't check. No, one of my fraternity brothers was a waiter there. Oh, okay. But I don't think I ever did it in public when I was underage. It was always, you know, the Get a thirty rack of natties and go to somebody's house. Go to the park. Go out. By the way, if you want something to kill some time, go watch YouTube videos about Irish people drinking American beer, and they have like Irish people eating uh, cheeseburgers. I think I've seen the. Uh, it's really fun. I think I've seen them drinking the beers. I don't think I've. It's really good. It's funny. Have All you right. guys ever seen the oh crap? No, Sorry. no, no. Go, 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 go. No, what I was gonna say. Have you guys ever seen the one where it's um. 
like why Germans are so scary and it'll be like, you know, some um, like basic words around the world, like balloon or clouds. And like in all the languages, <laughs> you know, French, English, it's all really nice. And then in German, it's like, ha ha, like it's this big, mean, scary noise. And I don't Exactly. Like every time you hear it, it's hysterical. Like it brings me to tears laughing about it. But sorry, I had to no, I, I, I'm all for foreign language weird. I love Conan in Germany right now is fantastic. It was hilarious last night. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, Josh, appreciate all the great recruiting scoop. Uh, Eddie, Joe, thanks for all you. Trey Young, quickly, I know uh, he was at the OU game the other night. Yeah, he was at the game uh, Wednesday night against Oral Roberts, and uh, Joe would probably be able to fill us in a little bit better, but it just seems like that comfort level with Oklahoma is It's definitely down to OU and very Kansas, strong. Right? Yeah, that that's the word I'm hearing is that he's he he's down to OU in Kansas. He had had it down to Oklahoma and Kentucky. Kentucky got their second uh, high profile point guard commit, a guy named Quade Green out of Philadelphia, and I think that um, got Trey off of Kentucky. And I've said for a while he's kind of fifty fifty between Oklahoma and a blue blood. It's kind of that that other fifty was always just going to be replaced, and now it's Kansas, and uh, it, it'll be a battle of. That familiarity with OU or going and trying to be a star at a place like Kansas? I'll say this. From everything I've seen of OU so far, and I haven't got a chance to see him in person yet. Eddie, you've seen him quite a few times. Uh, he's going to come into a program with a lot of athleticism in it and yeah. some shooters. I mean, he he could be the guy to pull it all together because Lon's got a lot of talented players out there. They're just young right now. Yeah. I, I think when you look at... Christian James, he kind of took a step last night against ORU. Uh, Rashard Odoms looks a little bit more, I guess, comfortable in his yeah, he's in his good. position this year, and he's uh, kind of messing with Doolittle's head a little bit, trying to get him in the right space. Yeah, I like him coming off the bench, though. I I think that they should stay with that, and we'll learn a lot more about this Oklahoma basketball team on Saturday when they play they Wichita State, State up yep. in uh, Oklahoma City. A lot of nice pieces. I thought Jordan Shepard, uh, a late signee from last year, looked really good. Yeah, last he was night. really good looked last good night as a point guard. So. I, if Trey Young comes to that team, he'll be more like of a, a Buddy Heald type than a Jordan Woodard in just the sense of he's going to be a high-volume shooter. He's going to shoot it a lot. But Eddie can talk about this. We watched him at practice. He's a guy with some handles, too. He's not just a guy that's going to sit there and shoot and be stagnant. He can move. He has some wiggle, and he has some handles. So he, he really could be a kind of a game-changing prospect if he stays in Oklahoma, which, uh, to be honest, that doesn't happen a lot. I mean, Blake Griffin stayed in Oklahoma, but most of the guys, they tend to leave uh, if you look back throughout history. Yeah. So it, w it would be a big deal if Trey Young went to Oklahoma. All right. Uh, that's going to do it. Appreciate everybody listening. Uh, check us out on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, uh, all the above. Give us a review if you don't mind. Uh, uh, we love the reviews. We love everybody listening. Thanks so much for that. Uh, Sooner Scoop, one, one last reminder. That $50 uh, gift certificate to the fans, so the fan shop is running out uh, on Friday. Maybe out uh, if you're by the time you're listening to this. If it is, I'm sorry. Uh, but if you listen to this tonight, tomorrow, uh, Friday midnight, it runs out. And it's the best deal you're going to get probably for another year. Uh, so if you're not a member of Sooner Scoop, you've been thinking about it, uh, go get that $50 gift card signing up for an annual membership uh, and get yourself some nice bowl gear uh, or someone uh, you love for for Christmas. So that's going to do it. Thanks to Josh McQuistian. Thanks to Eddie Radosovich, Joe Duvall. I'm Kerry Murdoch, and we'll see you next time on the unofficial 40 right here on Soonerscoop.com.